Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless. Hey, we are excited to be starting a new series on marriage uh, today. And, uh, and to kick that off, I want to do something a little, a little fun, all right? Uh, so I've tapped some different couples on the shoulder. So I'm going to ask you guys to come on up. Ryan and Alicia are going to help me out. So you come on up. And then uh, Julian and Catherine and Joe and Brittany are all going to help me out. So you guys make your way. Come on, give a hand for these wonderful couples we have here. We're going to do the TLC version of the newlywed game, all right? Um, just a little, little different than what maybe you have seen before. Uh, so, so what we have here, um, Ryan and Jalisha are the married couple on stage. So if you guys could go to the far left, we're gonna, my OCD is going to kick in here, so I need to organize you guys. Uh, Julian and Catherine are going in the middle because they are engaged, if you did not know that. Yeah. A couple months away, right, guys? One month away, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got to save the day. I should know it, but, you know, my wife keeps up with that kind of stuff, so I just tag along. And then Joe and Brittany are the dating couple. Come on, guys. Yeah, so we're excited to have all these different groups. So this is what I'm going to need uh, all the guys to do. You're going to grab a poster board. You're going to grab a Sharpie, all right? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask uh, I'm gonna ask a couple questions here. We're going to do three different rounds. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. And uh, gentlemen, you're going to write your answer without your better half seeing it. Nice and big and nice and neat as possible, all right? I know that's not going to be a problem for Ryan, uh, but uh, I don't know about the other guys. Um, so as neat as possible, because we all want to see your answers, okay? And so you're not going to show them yet. What the ladies are going to get a chance to do is answer first. So they're going to try to answer. They're going to see what they think um, their better half's response is going to be. We're going to have fun. I'm probably going to get some people in trouble today, but that's okay. That's what I do. That's part of being a pastor, right? All right, so fellas, first round, first question is this. Who is less likely to ask for directions when lost? If you're on a trip or you're going somewhere and you get lost, who is less likely to ask for directions? Who is not going to ask for directions? Who is less likely? Don't let anybody see it. We want them to try to guess and because we want to laugh at you guys. Um, <laughs> who is less likely to ask for directions when lost. Ladies, no peeking. I see you, Jaleesha. I know y'all be trying to y'all be trying to cheat down there. <laughs> Gentlemen, final answers. Everybody good? All right, let's start with the married couple first. How long have you guys been married? Thursday, 15 years. Thursday, 15 years. Woohoo! Uh, they take cash or check if you want to bless them. Um, don't just give them a card, send them out to dinner, something like that. Uh, but 15 years, that's awesome. Um, here we go. Who is less likely to ask for directions when lost? Jaleesha, what do you think the answer is? You think you're the answer. And Ryan, guess Jaleesha. All right. Hey. Good job, guys. Way to go. All right, Julian. You guys aren't married yet. You're going to answer correctly here. Not that this is a deal breaker or anything. But all right. Who is less likely to ask for directions when lost? Catherine, what do you think? Him? All right, Julian, what do you say? Oh, you guys got some. You, you don't ask, you just go. Right. Hey, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, and then the last couple here, we got Joe and Brittany. Brittany, who is less likely to ask for directions when lost? You think Joe is? Joe, what'd you guess? Oh, I am Joe. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, great, great, great round. Good job, guys. Um, here we go. Question number two, fellas. Get ready to write on your next poster board. Who usually wins an argument? We want the truth. We don't want what you think. We want the truth. Who usually wins an argument? And go. Who usually wins an argument? I'm trying. I'm trying. What I'm doing is I'm baiting you guys because you're going to be all in your fields and then I'm going to preach and then you're going to come to the altar at the end and give your life to Jesus. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to set myself up for success here. Who usually wins at an argument? Guys, you good? Looks like Ryan's still writing. You're not sure? Okay, good. Um, here we go. Who usually wins in an argument? Jaleesha, you or Ryan? Who actually wins or who thinks they win? 
Who usually wins is the question. That's the original post here. Ryan, me, probably because he doesn't give it up, does he? He, he wants the last word. I, I could see that. I could see that happen. All right. Next, Catherine, who usually wins in an argument, you or Julian? You. Julian survey says her. Yes, dear. He's learning, Mark. He's learning quick. They're going to be okay, right? Yeah, we need to get him a shirt. Yeah, yeah. And then last, Brittany, who usually wins an argument? You're just like, give, I, I'm tired. I do. Joe, yes. Yes, I love it. Love it. All right, here we go. Final answer. This is the last round. You guys ready? You guys are doing great. Last round. Who said, I love you first? Dun, dun, dun. While you guys are writing your answer, there's still a discrepancy about Haley and I's first kiss. She thinks it's one time. I think it's another. And who knows when. It, it happened um, at some point, but just, just a little FYI there. Who said I love you first? Yeah. Uh-oh. Ryan, help us out. <laughs> I was like, we got sound effects. That's awesome. Yeah. Didn't even plan that. Good job, Joe. I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> that was great. That might have been a doomsday countdown or something for these guys. I don't know. All right, Ryan. Ryan, or excuse me, Jaleesha, who said I love you first? Who was it? Think back. It's been 15 years, maybe even longer. You guys were dating for a while. You knew each other for a while. Jalisha said it first. Wow, look at there. Ryan, you guessed great. Solid, solid. You guys can get a prize at the cafe later. Um, we don't have, yeah, later. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, Catherine and, and Julian. Catherine, who said I love you first? You remember? He did, Julian. He was like, I got, I got to get on this, right? We got to get going. Yes, sir, I heard that. And then last and certainly not least, Brittany, who said, I love you first? Him, all right? <laughs> if you didn't know, his sign said, will you marry me? She said, yes. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Yes, sir. That is awesome. Congrats. <laughs> that is so awesome. Congrats. Brittany, we set you up. You didn't even know it. You were asking questions, and I was like, quit asking questions. Like, we're trying to surprise you. So, well, this is awesome. Congratulations. I understand. Come on, y'all give them a hand. Just want to congrats. It's a new adventure. You guys, thank you for playing along with my game here. Congratulations, guys. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and you didn't drop it, man. You, you hung in there, dude. Good job. Good job. I thought music was a part of his. Yeah, you thought he planned that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did, too, because I didn't know about that. Like I said, we're starting a series on marriage today called Marriage Myths. Because maybe some of you are in marriage now, and you're going 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and maybe there were some things that you've looked at along the way and like, man, I really didn't expect it to play out like this, right? Anybody with me this morning? If you don't want, if, you're, if it's not safe to answer, I understand because your spouse is sitting next to you. But maybe you thought there were some things that happened in marriage and you're like, wow, I, I didn't really think it was going to go like this. I didn't think marriage was going to happen uh, like that. For instance, ladies, You've probably been dreaming since you were a little girl, oh, I can't wait to get married, and I'm going to wear this kind of dress, and, and it's going to be like this, and this, I'm going to have a house with a white picket fence and a nice yard, and it's going to look like Joanna Gaines, and, and we're going to have the whole Magnolia thing going on, fix her up right, and, and you're, just, you're just planning all this stuff out, and this is, I've got names picked out for my kids already, and, and I just, you know, you, you're planning all this stuff out, and guess what guys are dreaming of? Having sex twice a day right? Guess what? Those guys are still dreaming about having sex twice a day, right? Um, and so here's the deal, folks. Uh, men and women are different. If you haven't realized that yet, it, that we're different. We think differently, right? Um, guys, we, we have this big waffle brain going on in our head. Ladies, you got a jumbled up ball of spaghetti noodles going on, right? Uh, I'm serious. Uh, think about this. Guys, we, we compartmentalize everything. We're in one square and out of the other, and it's hard to be in multiple squares at the same time. And we have a nothing square. Ladies, you know this? Like, hey, what you thinking about? What you want to say? Huh? Nothing. 
Just think about nothing. Yeah, they're, they're nothing square. It's a real thing. Google it. Um, but ladies, you have a spaghetti brain. Not to, I'm not trying to diss you. I'm not trying to disrespect you. But man, it's hard to follow some of those rabbit trails y'all go on in your conversations. I'm just, all your thoughts tend to connect. I'm not saying that, again, to be disrespectful. That's just the way it is, right? Uh, we're just all uh, very different. When it comes to some other things, if you know what I'm saying, uh, men are, are like microwaves and women are like crockpots, right? You can fill in the blanks there. I don't think I need to explain that a whole lot. We're just, we're different, right? We're, we're different. Men are different. Women are different. Every marriage is different, right? And so what we oftentimes do is, is we oftentimes stay stuck in misunderstanding. We can't figure out our spouse. I can't read your mind. Well, I can't read your mind either. And if we're not careful, we end up like this couple in this video, and it's no one's getting anywhere, and it's just this circle and this cycle. So far, often we, we tend to stay stuck in this misunderstood world instead of seeking to understand. Understand that our marriage isn't going to be like our neighbor's marriage or like your parents' marriage. Or uh, there's some things that, you know, you're going to have to work a little extra on versus the next couple. Men and women, we're all different, but we oftentimes don't talk through that. We, we, we spend more time talking about who is better. And when we do that, we get bitter instead of celebrating each other and celebrating our differences and, and celebrating things. And, 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 and so uh, if you're here today... You need to know what to do when marriage doesn't look like you thought it would. Or at least some aspects of marriage maybe don't look like or maybe they haven't happened like you thought that they should. So I want to help with that because I, I believe a great marriage is possible. Anybody agree with that? A great marriage is absolutely uh, possible. But guess what? It's not likely if we try to do it like everybody else. Right? It's not going to be likely if you're following the culture and what they're doing, if you're reading the magazines and you're reading all the self-help books and you're following Dr. Phil or Oprah, and if you follow those, you're going to end up on Jerry Springer. Um, just saying, um, I don't even know if that's a show anymore. But yeah, yeah, let's stop following what culture says. Let's stop following all the other stuff, and, and let, let's figure this thing out uh, together. Right? 50% of marriages don't make it. And of those that do, many are miserable. Isn't it funny that you cannot get a driver's permit without taking a class or a test or something like that? But if you want a marriage license, all you got to do is go to the courthouse and pay the fee and boom, you're, you're married, right? How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Listen, I want you to have a strong, healthy, wonderful, godly marriage. I really, I really want that for you. We want that for you here um, at TLC. So maybe you find yourself in the middle of marriage, and maybe you've lost that love and feeling, right? Maybe that's you uh, today. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you remember when you were dating? Right? You couldn't keep your hands off each other, right? Anybody remember that? Maybe that's a long time for some of you to remember. I get it, but I, easy, hey, take it easy, right? But yeah, remember you're dating, and you could keep your hands off each other. I don't know if it was because, like, you knew you weren't supposed to, or, or some of you, maybe you didn't care either way, but, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks. But, but yeah, you can hear And then you get married, and it's like, man, what happened to that, right? Man, we, we, you had touched me in, like, a week. We had had a kiss all day, you know? You, we, we, we missed that kind of stuff, right? Um, remember, remember when you were dating, and you, just, you spent so much time together. You, did, you, couldn't, you couldn't wait to see him the next time. Oh, my gosh, I haven't seen him in like eight hours. I want to, you know. You, know? And, and you spent so much time, and then, and then you get into the, 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 the brunt of marriage, and you get in the flow, and, you, and especially if you have kids. Now it's like, man, I just want some alone time. Christina, you hear me? Like, oh, I just want some me time, right? Um, and, and what is that anyway? Especially if you have kids, what, what does that even mean anymore? Right, but man, maybe you remember that, and, and maybe you got into marriage thinking some different things. Uh, maybe you thought in marriage you would be able to control the temperature in your house, right? I know everybody's different. Chrissy, thank you for this. I put this on Facebook, and this was her uh, thoughts in there. But but it's true. But it's true. Uh, everybody's different. There's some of you ladies. I see you fanning in the room, and I get it. Uh, but there's some ladies that are cold all the time, right, guys? They're cold all the time, and, and it's just like you know. I had to take a, a hit, I had to compromise, because I used to have a fan on my nightstand that I, I, would, uh, I would run at night. So we had the, 
fan on the nightstand. We had the ceiling fan going. We had the air running at 74, right? And, and, and I was still, still hot. She's like, can we just turn the fan off, you know? That was mainly when she was pregnant because she was sick, I'll be honest. But still, I gave up the fan, and I haven't really got it back yet. Um, but it was my choice. I'm not, I'm not going to. We haven't lost that love and feeling. I don't want to lose it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch my P's and Q's this morning. But yeah, yeah, maybe she's cold all the time. And then guess what? At some point, she's going to get to that age, right? And she's not going to be cold anymore, so she's going to be hot all the time. So guys, just hold on a little bit longer. Um, it's going to change at some point, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, you thought you could control uh, the temperature in uh, the room. Ladies, you ask your husband to do something, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, they, they get to it when, when it's good for them, when they want to, right? I don't want to see any elbows nudging each other today. Maybe your parents trying to warn you. They tried to warn you, don't you go through with this. You know, maybe that, that was that. You did it anyway because all you needed was love, right? You're so in love, right? You may have thought that the roles between the spouses were going to be one. Maybe, fellas, you thought she was just going to be in the kitchen all the time. Ladies, you thought he was going to be really handy, right? He was, he was more handsy than he was handy, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so, so, so maybe he's not Mr. Fix-It, and you were kind of, I, man, I, I should have read the, the signs before we got married. When, when we were dating, Haley would always get me gifts for, for different things, and she would get me tools. I should have seen the red flags, Holly. I should have seen it. I knew what was coming, but that's all right. I didn't mind. Um, but yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you thought those roles would, would be different. Uh, maybe you were told, listen, the first years are going to be the best years of your life, right? And, and, and if, you, if you know, those first years are tough because you're adjusting to this new person in your life. You may have been dating and you thought you knew a lot of stuff about them, but then when you start living with someone, it just, which that's not, I'm not supporting cohabitating in that either. Uh, that, that's not practice. You, you know, you don't, that doesn't work. But yeah, you, you jump in. The joy of it is learning and growing together. And learning that stuff. So, yeah, it's going to take some work. It's hard um, at times. Every husband is different. Every wife is different. Every marriage is different. So we're going to talk about some marriage myths over the next several weeks together. Uh, hopefully, um, if you are married, we're going to strengthen your marriage. If you're not married yet, hopefully we're going to help better prepare you. So all the single folks, all the single ladies, um, you guys and gals, single fellas in the room, teenagers, don't tune me out, okay? Because you can get some stuff out of this as well. Um, and I'm believing it's going to be good because we want to strengthen your marriage either now or for when it does happen. So let's talk through some marriage myths. Today we're going to talk about the marriage myth that marriage is problem-free. How many of you know that, that is a myth, right? It is not problem-free. Um, there is no akuna matata in, uh, in marriage, right? Um, it is not problem-free. Many of us thought, man, all we need is love, right? And, and we can conquer the world together. And let's, let's, you're engaged, and you're playing the wedding, Julian and Catherine, you're playing the wedding. You're like, yes, we're going to do this together. We're going to dream together, and we're going to live happily ever after. And we're going to be a Hallmark movie, right? And, and all these things. And, 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 and that's great. I want you to have all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. What you have, but, but there are going to be some things that do come along the way um, at times. Some of the most common problems for marriages are uh, our money. Right on the top of the list, um, money. Uh, it could be you get going and maybe maybe things don't go the way they should. And so maybe there's some job loss that happens and you got to learn to navigate through that together. Uh, money can be a huge uh, burden on you and your family um, in, in so many different ways. So maybe it's job or maybe you get into some debt and you're constantly trying to, to climb out of that um, at, at times. We live in a different world. I don't know how some of y'all did it way, way back then, right? Uh, Y'all used to be able to get married super early, 16, 17, 18, and you're okay. Nowadays, we can't do that. If I were to have gotten married at 20, I was so not ready to be married at 20, even at 20. Like today, this generation, we're getting married later and later because we're trying to get all our stuff in a row. We're trying to figure out life, and, and many are going to college even later uh, in life and trying to figure uh, things out. But, uh, but back in the day, the, you used to be able to, to survive on one income. So, so, so the husband was off working, and, and the wife was able to take care of the home, and, and it was okay back then, but today it, just, it doesn't work out that way because the cost of living is so different. 
Not everybody's different. There, there are some families that that's, they're able to work out, and, that, and that's great. Um, but, but there's some that can't. They need at least two incomes going on uh, in the home. So, so money can be a huge, a huge weight on a relationship. Um, another common problem is unmet needs or unmet expectations. Unmet needs or un, uh, unmet expectations. So this is like you don't understand your spouse's love language, so you're, you're speaking the wrong love language, and, and you're not even trying to figure it out, and, and so there's, uh, or, or you're, you're, you, you, get, uh, you, you get in your feels, and I don't, I don't say that, again, to be disrespectful, but you just you get in your feels because in your head you're feeling this way, but you haven't communicated that, and you guys haven't talked about that. Uh, your spouse is not a mind reader, and so, you know, there's this un, unmet or uncommunicated uh, um, expectations in that. Uh, sex is another part of that. You, like I said, guys, we think we're going in, and it's like, woohoo, yeah, we, we, can, we can do this now. And, and, and then as you get older, as life gets busy, as you get kids, when you get kids in the mix, you got to get, get clever about when, when that kind of stuff happens, right? And, and so I'm just being honest. Um, when I say sex, it's okay. Like, God created that. It's okay to say in church. Don't get all nervous. Some of y'all are like, what did he say? He said, <laughs> it's okay. God created it. Created it for marriage, teenagers. Um, and just simply not being on the same page about a lot of things. The stuff is not communicated, which is another common problem is communication. Being able to talk through uh, some of those things. So because marriage is not problem-free... You are going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to fight for it. Uh, when the honeymoon is over, you, it's time to get to work, right? And it's time to work through that. It's time to work through some of those difficulties and work through some of those unexpected things and work through some of those things that you didn't uh, know were going to happen. It's going to take work. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take both people being on the same page. It's going to take communication. It's going to take worth and effort. And guess what? It is worth it. It is worth it, y'all. Um, here's the deal. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. There is a difference between those two things. See, a, a contract is based on mutual distrust. A contract is based on mutual distrust. So you sign a lease on something or you, you sign something, you're, you're agreeing to pay your part, and they're agreeing to give you a particular product, right, or whatever that is. And, and there's a contract signed to make sure you pay up, Right? So, so see, it's based on distrust. People that sign a, a prenup when they get married, they don't want to lose their truck, Joe. They don't want to lose their coach purses or their fine jewelry or the house or their golf clubs or whatever that is. A contract is based on mutual distrust, but a covenant is based on mutual commitment. A covenant is based on mutual commitment. The vows that you take when you get married. You are committing to that person, right? That's a commitment that's different than signing a contract. And you have to choose every day to fight for it. There's going to be some days you're going to want to quit. Let's, let's just be real and honest. There's going to be some days when you're like, oh, I am done. I want to see this person today. I'm frustrated. You're, you're going to go through that sometimes, right? But being able to, to navigate that, being able to show grace, being able to show love, being able to forgive, being able to say, I'm sorry, being able to say, hey, guess what? I was wrong. Like, those are, like, we got to learn how to say that stuff in marriage, right? So we're going to have to work for it. So what I want to do today is I want to give you five choices to daily strengthen your marriage because you're going to have to daily fight for it, right? So five choices to daily strengthen your marriage. You guys ready? If you're married, you should be taking notes, just saying, like, this is good stuff, and not because I'm saying it or anything, but take notes. You might need this, okay? Five choices to daily strengthen your marriage. The first one is grow spiritually. We have to do this. We have to grow spiritually. You should be building your life on Christ. You as an individual, first and foremost. Then you as a couple, right? Build your life on Christ. If you will strengthen your faith, excuse me, if you will strengthen your faith, you will strengthen the rest of your life. In every aspect. If you'll strengthen your faith, you will strengthen your marriage. As you follow Christ, you're going to begin to emulate him. Hopefully, if you're not, then we got to work on something else. But you, as you follow Christ, you should be coming more like him. And because you become more like him, you will be a better spouse. You will be a better parent. Uh, you'll be better as a person. You'll be coming whole. It's funny that we oftentimes come into half a relationship when we are not whole. 
ourselves. So this is very important. This first choice we have to make is to grow uh, spiritually. Guess what? It's not a Hallmark movie. Your marriage is not a Hallmark movie, right? Everyone uh, doesn't just, you know, romance and attraction are great, but it's not everything. Those things are not going to carry your relationship. It might for a little bit, and they're important. You should, guys, you, you got to romance your wife still. I know you got her, right? You got her to say, I do, but you still got to date her, right? You, both of you still have to date each other. But romance and attraction, all right, listen, you're going to get older, both of you, right? You're going to get older. Bodies are going to change. You're going to lose hair. Case in point, I got all this going on right here. I'm giving you guys extra shine from the lights, right? It happens. Wrinkles are going to happen. You know, stuff's going to happen, right? You know, uh, you still stay attracted through that, though. You grow with that. But, 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 but those things aren't, aren't everything. The most important thing is that you and your spouse seek God on your own, but also together. If you're in the room and you are single, you need to understand this, right? Because everybody's going to say, oh, you just need to find the right one. When are you going to find the right one? Let me set you up with my cousin. Let me set you up with my grandson. Like, I've been there before. I was there. Everybody in church want to try to set you up, right? All the single folks said, yeah. Um, but everybody, if you just find the right one, if you just meet the right one, you'll, you'll be fulfilled in life if you meet the right one. And that's just, that's another myth. That's not, that's not true, man. You need to find Jesus, and, and he will fulfill you. So if you're single in the room, God is first. You seek him and prepare for your future spouse, right? So, so you're seeking him first and you prepare. If you're married in the room, God is your one. God is your first. Your spouse is number two and second. Check out Jesus, what he said in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first, I'm going to say first. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. While this may not be talking about marriage, like it's the same thing, right? We seek God first. We love him first and you love others second. If we can do that, we sum up all of God's commands, right? You love God first and you love others. Love God first and love your spouse. It has to happen in that order because if we don't have the love of God, we're not going to be able to love others or ourselves the right way. Because without God, we default to ourselves, right? Seek God first. Seek God first. Listen, you want a blessed marriage. You want to serve God together. You want successful kids. You want financial blessings. You want, you want to make an eternal difference in this world. Don't seek those things. Seek God first. You seek Him he is the giver of life. He is the giver of good things. He is the giver of the blessings. So seek him first, and all that other stuff will come. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because that's scripture. That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Be, uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In that context of that passage, he's talking about God providing for his people. Seek God first. If you're not married yet, seek the one, prepare for the two, right? And if you'll do that, notice what happens. If you will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in every decision in your life, those of you that are single in the room, guess what? That'll help that choice become even easier when that day comes. Because, fellas, you might think that party girl looks really cute in those cutoff jeans, right? And, and you might, she might be smelling all nice and looking all good, but, but you know if you'll follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and not the leading of something else that's going on inside your body and parts and stuff, right, um, that, that you're going to pick the right one. I'm just saying, if you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will make the right choice. Ladies, same thing for you. You might think that guy's all cute and he's saying all the right things, but follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in choosing a partner. Here's some great advice for you, especially if you're single. Become the type of person that you want to marry. Become the type of person that you want to marry. That's why you need to seek God first and become the type of person that you want to marry. Same thing happens in marriage. You're married right now. Be the person that you want to your spouse to be to you. And you only do that by seeking God 
first in your life. If you're married, seek God, but seek it together. You're doing life together. You've been giving a, a helpmate to do things together, right? So how do we seek God? Whether you're single, whether you're married, how do we do that? Um, Psalm 10, verses 4 through 6. In his pride, the wicked does not seek God in all his thoughts. There's no room for God because there's only room for himself, right? He says to himself, nothing will shake me. I'll always be happy and never have trouble because he thinks he's got it all figured out, right? First Chronicles 28, 9, worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, what? You will find him. God's not playing hide and seek with us. He's not saying, tag, you're it, and run off and, and, and ghost you, right? No, he's saying, if you will seek me, you will find me. You will find me. He's there. He wants to do this life with you and, and for you, right? Listen, if you're looking for something that you want, if you're looking for the best deal on something, if you're looking for the best deal on fishing gear, if you're looking for the best deal on a car, if you're looking for um, the best pizza in town, ladies, if you're looking for the best place to get your, your nails did and your hair done, right? Okay? You, you'll find it. You'll Google it. You'll look at Yelp. You'll, you'll try to figure, you'll, you'll research all this stuff, and you'll find it if that's something that you really want. If you lose something, if you lose your car keys, you will turn the whole house upside down trying to find them car keys. If you lose the remote, guys, if the remote's gone, you will turn the place upside down trying to find that remote. Guess why? Because all those things are something of value to you. And so when that's something of value to you, you will seek it. You will go to great lengths to find it. Why is God not in those same categories? Why is he not way up high on that list of things in our life? You will seek him, you will find him, and what we value most, we go after, right? The more important it is, the harder we'll search. Look for God. Look for God. Not just in your quiet times, which you should be having anyway. You should be seeking God. You should be praying. You should have that relationship with him, you as an individual, but then also you as a couple. But you should be seeking after God. But it's not always in those quiet times that you can find him. Learn how to seek him in every part of your life. Watch him. Look for him. Look for him and see him working in every part of your life. You'll find him. You'll see him. It's not always in the, the sit down and the quiet time and the devotion time, but you can see God woven in everything that you do. And we have to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in those areas, always seeking um, after him. Best thing we can do is pray. I know that sounds super like Sunday school thing, but a lot of us don't. Let's just be real. Pray. Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Pray like it's your last day here on this earth. Pray, right? The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and what? Pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Right? Pray, pray, seek God. This might be intimidating for a lot of us and it might feel like, oh, just... I'm so busy, I'm about to get home, I'm tired, I wake up in the morning, I'm tired, and I'm tired all the time, and I just don't have time to pray. Yes, you do. you got the same hours every day. We have time to pray. You can't afford not to pray. You need to pray. MC Hammer said, pray just to make it today. Sorry, I had to throw that in there somewhere. Some of y'all don't even know who MC Hammer is. It was a long time ago. Check this out, though. It's hard to pray with someone you're mad at. It's hard to want to divorce someone you're praying with. It's difficult to have an affair when you are seeking God together. Right? Seek God. Pray. You can ask anyone in this room that's been married a very long time, and they're going to tell you, hey, this, is, this and that, but uh, one of the biggest things they're going to say is, hey, we prayed. We prayed together. We went to church together. We served God together. We read the Bible together. We did life together. Ask them. Ask anybody who's been married 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We have some of those in this room. Learn from them. But we've got to seek God. For, I'm spending the most time in this area today. The other ones are going to go a little quicker. But this, if we don't get this, none of the rest of it matters. Seek God first. How do we do that? I already said pray. We've got to pray together. We read word, uh, God's word together. We worship together. You create your own spiritual traditions in your family, whether that's devotional times with your family. We like to, to read and, and pray with the kids right before bed. Do life with 
God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's a, it's a triangle, right? God, 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 you know, God gives us his image, right? And his likeness and, and, and himself is three parts. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it's the same way in our marriage. Wife, husband, God. And it's meant to be done that way. God first, the spouse second. Do life with God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, one of my favorite verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You're going to be going through some trials. You're going to be going through some troubles because marriage is not problem-free, right? And, and so you're going to be going through that, and you're trying to navigate your feelings, and, and you're going to try to navigate your opinions, and you're going to try to navigate your wants and your desires, and, and you're going to try to navigate that now with this other person's wants and desires and opinions, and, and, and you guys got to get on the same uh, page. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. God is woven into area, area, of your life. You got to go spiritually first and foremost. As an individual, together as a relationship, grow spiritually. If you strengthen your faith, you will strengthen your marriage. So you have to choose to grow spiritually. You also have to choose to love unconditionally. Like I know we, we know some of these things, but you have to choose to love uncon- Again, problems will come at times. You're going to get on each other's nerves. Some of you may have came into the room today and on the car right here, you got on each other's nerves. It's just we're human, right? You're going to get on each other. You're going to argue at times. We have to remember that it's not all about you, right? It's not all about you. Um, You don't always have to have the last word. You don't always have to be right, okay? It doesn't always have to. In fact, I would encourage you to choose your battles at times. Those clothes not getting hung up, is that really something worth creating a big fight over, Ryan? Okay? Just saying. It might be to you, but... The rest of us, no, it's not. It's okay, okay? That hairball in the drain, guys, that we have to step over, it's not, it's not a big deal, really. In comparison to everything, it's not a big deal. The trash not getting taken out, the laundry not getting folded, like, those are not deal breakers, right? Those are just things. Things are sentimental. People are sacred, right? Your spouse is say it's a, it should be a holy union if you're doing it with God. Sacred. Treat it as such, right? Here's the deal. No one is perfect. You are not perfect. Your spouse is not perfect. There are no perfect marriages. Right? It's not perfect. No one is perfect. Can can I just be honest and and just transparent with you this morning? I struggle with having to be 100%. I feel like I have to be 100% all the time. I feel like I have to be 100% here at my job. I feel like when I get in the door, I got to be on and 100% at home. And, and, and maybe some of you feel that way too. You feel like, man, I gotta be 100% full throttle all the time. And that, that's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting, man. Sometimes when I come in the door and, and my kids, they run up and hug me, and I love that. But as soon as I do that, Aiden's like, hey, let's go play video games. I'm like, oh, God. I don't wanna play video games. But I go and do it because I wanna spend time with my kid. But then as soon as we're done with that, hey, Dad, let's go out, let's go out and play baseball. I'm like, Dude, you're killing me. Just walking in the door, I'm so tired right now. I don't wanna. And then as soon as we play baseball, he wants to go, Dad, let's play board games. I'm like, son. So I, I've joked with Hale. I was like, because I was about 30 when we first had our, our first child. And I said, babe, maybe we should have had kids when I was younger or something. Maybe we should have gotten together younger because I'm running out of steam, y'all. I feel like I don't have energy. And, they, and, and he's only seven and she's only five. And, I, man, we got a long ways to go. I'm getting older. I need some help, y'all. Help me out. Yeah, yeah, that can, that can be exhausting. And sometimes we can fall into the comparison trap. We see other marriages, we, especially with social media. We see everybody posting all the happy family photos, but we don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. So don't fall into that comparison trap because you don't know what, what issues and things that, that other people are facing. You need to deal with it right in your own home. Some great marriage advice I got when Haley and I got married was from Ted Messick. He's out of town this weekend, but he said, listen, don't go, when troubles come, don't go looking for the answer down the street. You're not going to find it on someone else's couch, someone else's bed. You're not going to find it in the bar or anywhere else. It's going to be found by sitting in your home with your spouse working it out. It's going to take work. You're going to have to love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. No one's perfect. The best thing that you can do is show grace 
show love, show mercy, and forgive. I know that's easier said than done sometimes when some things seem to be huge. There's some, there's some really big things that, that may happen. But here's the deal. That's the same thing that God expects us to do with other people. Why wouldn't we want to do that even more in our own homes with our spouses and with our family? Show love, show grace, show mercy. Here's the thing. Many can quote 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, but many don't live it out. Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it is not proud, it doesn't dishonor, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And that sounds great, and again, a lot of us can quote it, many of you will post it on, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and on Twitter, and all those fun things, right? But how many of us live that? We're supposed to... Be doers of the word and not just hearers. Again, strengthen yourself spiritually and you will strengthen your marriage. And we have to learn to love unconditionally. So we choose to grow spiritually. We choose to love unconditionally. And we choose to serve sacrificially. Serve sacrificially. You guys are writing it down, right? I don't want you to forget. Serve sacrificially. When, whenever I've done pre-marriage counseling with couples, by the way, if you ask me to marry you, you're going to have to do pre-marriage counseling. You want me to marry you, right? This is how it works. So I want, I want to talk through some things. You need to be talking through some things because once you get into marriage, it's like, well, pff, no one told me about that. Well, you didn't go to pre-marriage counseling. So go to pre-marriage counseling. But yeah, I always tell people in those moments, listen, don't go into marriage thinking about, hey, this is what I'm going to get out of marriage. Because it's not about you anymore, right? It's about you and the spouse doing this life together, right? And so you need to go into it looking at, at what you can do to meet each other's needs. And if both of you are doing that, it's going to work. Now, there's some times when one is carrying the weight of the marriage and not the other, and then that, that's a whole other counseling session that needs to happen. But if you're doing it right, both of you are trying to meet each other's needs. So how can I make them feel loved? How can I make them feel wanted? How can I make them feel valued? Understanding their love language, right? All those things that, that you may have, have heard about. There, there's five different ones, and, and, and their love language might be physical touch or words or gifts or, 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 or quality time or acts of service. And if you understand what their love language is, it's going to make your life a lot easier. I'm just saying. Because their love language might be words of affirmation, and you're trying to do acts of service for them, so you, you think you're keeping the house clean, but that's not really, that, that's great, and they appreciate that, but they really want to hear you say that you love them and appreciate them. And why, guys? That's just, I'm, Julian, Joe, they want to know why you love them. They want you to explain yourself. Just get ready for it, right? They want to know why. They want you to share your feelings. And for guys, let's just be honest. Again, guys are different. We don't, you know, we don't like to share our feelings, you know? We don't, we don't cry, we work out, you know? And, we, 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 don't, we're not, we have a hard time, so ladies understand that, guys. Some guys are, they have a hard time expressing that. And you got to understand, that. again, a lot of times we don't seek to understand. We just want what we want. But you got to seek to understand each other and meet each other's needs. Help each other meet each other. How, how, can, how can you help them in their dreams and their passions? How can you help that come true in their life? How, how can you help them if they're having a bad day? Or if they're going through some issues, if they're hurting, how can you come alongside them and, and help? It, man, it's amazing what can happen when we don't focus on ourselves. It's amazing. It's amazing what can happen. But oftentimes, guys, we come in, I haven't had sex in, in a month. Ugh, it's been so long. But you haven't been pursuing them. You haven't taken them out on a date. Like, you haven't been uh, affirming them at all. Like, you haven't... You got, everybody's got to do their part. I guarantee you, if you put the, if you will romance her a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You'll, yeah. Remember, guys, you're a microwave and she's a crock pot. Got to get that thing cooking. I'm just saying. Pursue her. Make her feel wanted. Make her feel loved. Make her feel attractive, right? Yeah. Well, he hasn't bought me flowers. They're taking me on a date in so long. I don't know what his problem Well, he's been working 50, 60, 70 hours to try to make ends meet. Calm down. Everybody calm down. Chill out. Relax. Everybody take a breath. Quit focusing on yourselves. Quit focusing on yourself. It's a natural defense mechanism, right? 
when our needs aren't met, we get triggered. It happens. Everybody needs to calm down. And again, I understand. I understand if someone's carrying the weight of the relationship, that, that's going to get old really fast. Both of you need to be meeting each other's needs, all kinds of needs, not just physical needs, guys. Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 25. This is a familiar verse. Many of us quote this about marriage. But it says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. Right? I know there's more. But I just want to make you, uh, that, that first verse is very key. Submit to one another. It does go on to say wives. This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For as husband's the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body in the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. And a lot of times we like to pick this verse apart to mean what we want it to mean. But it is simply this. There is mutual submission being explained for us here. Mutual submission, mutual love, mutual respect. You are doing this together. I understand that word submit gets thrown out there, and that's a heavy word. That doesn't necessarily mean obedience, right? But it, it means it's mutual submission, mutual respect, mutual love. The beginning of this says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yes, it does go on to talk about wives submitting to your husband. But it does go on so to say, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. There is mutual submission, mutual love, mutual respect here. You have to learn to serve sacrificially each other. Meet each other's needs. And if you're both doing that, trust me, it's going to be a whole lot better for you. But it's going to take work. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to understand each other. You're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to talk through uh, something. It's going to take work. And because it takes work, you have to choose to persevere persistently. Persevere persistently. To work through. There's going to be difficulties in life. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be financial struggle sometimes. There's going to be health. Conflict. Financial struggle. Health. Conflict. Financial struggles. Health. That sounds very familiar. Difficulties, financial struggle, for, for better, for worse, in sickness, and in health, for richer, for poorer, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Conflict, financial struggles, health, for better, for worse, for richer, for You take these vows. You said it when you got married. It's a commitment. It's a covenant, not a contract. You have to persevere persistently through all those things that happen in life. This, we don't like to talk about this, but this is a way you grow together. Man, if you can grow through some of those difficulties in life, guess what? You can conquer anything. But you can only do that when you do it together and when you do it serving God first. You have to do that. Persevere persistently. You're going to do it together. One person can't carry it all. Cannot do it alone. God did not design for you to do it alone. He designed for you to trust in Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then He's given you a helpmate and a spouse. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and thou sh they shall become one flesh. You're supposed to do it together. Guys, pride is our downfall. You don't have to do things alone. When you struggle, when you're going through some things, let your wife in. Don't put up the walls, right? Don't shut down. Let your spouse, and she wants to help you. Uh, when I was going, Haley and I were married while I was going through college, because I went to college later on uh, a little bit in life, and, and I would get so overwhelmed. Like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to read these books. I got so many books to read. Because there were some classes you had to read two, three books at one time, and I'm really, I don't like to read. Some of you guys do that for fun, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Um, but I also know that it is important to read because that's how you learn. Uh, so I have to fight that. But, but through college, I, I fought so hard through that. I would get overwhelmed, and I would get behind because I was a really bad procrastinator back then. And she would say, listen, you got to chunk it out. She's great at this kind of stuff. She's going through Bible school right now. Um, in case you didn't know, she's a licensed minister. She is Reverend Haley Judah. Come on, somebody. Right? About to finish up school, her and, and Zach and Courtney and Peggy uh, are all about to finish up. They're all in, in classes together. 
she's great at chunking it out. She knows exactly how many chapters she needs to read each time. I am not that way. I am not wired that way. So I would get overwhelmed, and I'm like, God, uh, and I would shut down. Listen, you got to chunk it out. Got chunk. Here, here, let me help come along. And I had, to, I had to say, all right, yeah, I can't do this by myself. We have to do that, guys, because so far I, it's typical for us to get five and say, no, I don't need any help. I don't need, I'm a man. I can do this on my own, right? I can fix this. I, I'm not going to if you're like me, I'm not going to let silly stuff beat me. I'm not going to let a light bulb beat me. That light bulb was getting changed. I'm not going to let a car part beat me. I don't care if I got to spend all day. I'm going a, I'm to a beat it, Aaron. It's not going to beat me. It's an inanimate object. It's not going to beat me. Usually it beats me. Um, but, guys, let your wife in. You're supposed to do it together. Guys, your wife is going to want to vent to you sometimes. Let me give you some advice. She doesn't always want you to fix it. Right? Guys, we are fixers, right? We, you, you present a problem, all right? Well, what can we, we're already processing in our head. Well, how can we fix it? How we, they just, they're just venting. They just want to get some things off their chest. And it, it's not always having to do with you. It could be just their day. I just really had a bad day. So-and-so was a real jerk today, and I had to deal with that. And you just want to come home and vent. You don't have to fit. You're like, they were a jerk to you. Oh, man, let me go in there tomorrow, punch them right in the face. You know, you, you don't have to fix it. There are big girls that can take care of it. Sometimes they just want to vent. You got to be willing to listen, guys. Turn the TV off, put the phone away, make eye contact, and listen. Woo! I'm hitting it, right, Miss Barbara? Yes, ma'am. I'll give you my notes if you want them later. You're going to work this. You're going to persevere persistently. You're going to do that together. Don't work through issues alone. Do it together and do it following God. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God designed it for us to trust and lean on him, not our own understanding. Philippians 4, 6-7, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you'll strengthen your faith, you will strengthen your marriage. It's kind of a theme. You hear it? I'm repeating it on purpose. Get it. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Set a reminder. Something. Strengthen your faith, you'll strengthen your marriage. A key to working through things is going to be communication. And so my last choice for you, my fifth and final choice here is communicate respectfully. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Communicate respectfully. Uh, one particular poll found that 70% of Americans think that good communication is the most important factor in a happy marriage. The poll also found that a lack of communication was the second most common cause for divorce, trailing only infidelity. Communication is key. And there's different types of communication that you're going to run into that are all important in their own right. There's the informal conversation. I, I was reading this one story of a, of a husband and wife, and the, and the wife um, had joined a new Bible study group. And so she was going to go. It was in a neighborhood, and she was going to go to this house to, to her first meeting at this Bible study. Didn't know anyone, had never been to this neighborhood before. So, so she shows up, and right there's, there's balloons on the, on the mailbox, and, and she gets there. There's a lot of cars parked out. She's like, I, th I think this is the place. And so, so she goes up to the door. There's a sign on the door, Holly, and it says, hey, come on in. And so she goes in. Everybody's mingling. Again, she doesn't know anyone, never been here before. And she's mingling, and everybody's talking. And she's an extrovert, so this is like her lane, right? She's like, oh, hey, how you doing? I love your hair. It's so nice. You know, she's just uh, jumping right in, you know. And then they're like, okay, it's game time. She's like, uh-oh, game time. This was in a Bible study. It was a bunco game party that she was at. She realized she was at the wrong place. So she calls her husband. Her husband's at work. Right, this is right in the middle of work. She calls her husband and says, hey, you'll never guess what happened. I showed up at this party. It was a bunco party. I didn't know any of these people here. I was supposed to be going to a Bible study. How silly am I, you know? And, and, and so there's some of you guys in the room, you would be annoyed by that. I'm at work, babe. Why did you need to? There's going to be some of those conversations that don't really have any meaning. It's just silly. And these are important, though. These, these are those conversations that you have when you get home from work and it's like, hey, how was your day, honey? I'm going to be honest. There's some days I don't want to talk about it. I had to counsel people or trying to solve the world's problems. Through Jesus, right? You know, come on, I, mean, I really don't want to talk about it. 
But those are important conversations. You should talk about it. I love getting to come home and, and talk to my kids and say, hey, guys, how was your day? You know, they, they have these colors depending on how good the kids were. You all know what I'm out. And, and, and there's some days when Aiden's on green and he's like, woohoo, I was on green. I'm like, yes, finally, green. There's some days it's not. It's different colors, yellow and red. You can imagine what those mean. So we got to talk through those things. There's some days Ainsley doesn't have colors, but she says, I was on green today. She wants to be like her big brother. And we talk through those things as well. But those important conversations with your family, they may not be super meaningful. There may not be any huge depth to them. You may not be conquering any issues together, but, but they're, they're important to your relationship. They're the informal conversation. There's the administrative meetings. And these are important because you need to be on the same page, right? There's going to be uh, things that you try to set up on the calendar. Hey, I've got my hair appointment today. You need to pick up the kids, right? Hey, we're, we're meeting with so-and-so this weekend. We're going out to dinner with them. Don't make any plans. And you got to be on the same page because that can cause some issues, right? You may get a call in the middle of the day. Fellas, hey, little Johnny, he's sick at school. I've got a meeting i got to go to. Can you pick him up? And if you don't have those meetings, little Johnny's going to stay stuck at school sick, right? So, so these are important. These are the administrative conversations that have to happen so that you are on the same page. Then there's going to be the challenges. There's going to be the challenges that, that you need uh, to work through uh, in life. Sometimes they're going to be small troubles with easy solutions. Hey, hey, the garbage disposal isn't working. You think you can fix it? Can you take a look at it? Or do we need to call somebody? You need, you're going to have to have those uh, things. There's going to be some topics that are going to be a lot deeper than that, that you're going to have to talk about and work through, that you're going to work through together. It's going to be when your spouse is hurt or disappointed. It's going to be something that maybe you disagree on or something that's critical, and you've got to be able to work through those things and have those conversations. A lot of us avoid those conversations. That's going to cause even deeper problems. Don't avoid those those talks. Have these meetings. Go through those challenges. Go through them uh, together. And then there are the life-giving conversations. This is where you can encourage each other. This is where you can speak into um, their life, right? This is sharing uh, each other's hopes and dreams and fears and needs. And, and these are super important conversations to grow intimate with your spouse. All of them are important in their own right. And all of them need to be had. You have to learn to talk through and communicate respectfully. If you'll stand up with me this morning, maybe as we talk through these different choices, maybe I hit some nerves, maybe I hit some areas that you're like, dang, yeah, I need to, I need to work on this. I don't want this to fall on deaf ears. I don't want you to hear it and say, oh yeah, I need to do that, but then you don't do it. Do it. If there was an area, if there was a thing, you're saying, hey, yeah, I've been slacking on this. Work on it. I'm not asking you to fix all your problems today. Some of those problems are going to be small. Some of them are going to be big. And some of it's going to take daily decisions to choose to strengthen your relationship with Christ and your relationship with your spouse. But you got to choose it. Avoiding those conversations, avoiding the problems, avoiding the issues. It's not going to fix it. It's not going to make it any better. In fact, avoiding those things, never talking about it, sweeping it under the rug, going to keep you from growing. They're going to cause bigger issues in the long run. No marriage is perfect. There are no problem-free marriages you're going to have to work for. It. You're going to have to fight for it. It is worth the fight. Make the choices daily to strengthen your marriage. It's not just going to happen. Like you're not just going to wake up and everything's just going to be honky-dory, right? You got to work at it. You got to work through it. And communicate. The best choice, though, that you can make is to grow spiritually to seek God on your own. The closer you get to God, the closer you're going to get to each other. So you need to seek God on your own, but also seek each other. Jaleesha, can I borrow this ladder real quick? Haley, can you join me on the stage? You need to seek God and strengthen your relationship with Him. But you also need to seek God together. Notice at the bottom of this ladder, there's some space between us. But as we climb this ladder together, and as we seek God together, we grow closer to God, and we grow closer to each other, right? 
you will if you will strengthen your faith, you will strengthen your marriage. And as you grow individually, as you grow together, as you seek God together, the, the more the both of you do that, the closer that you're both going to get to each other and to God. Thank you. You got to do it together. You were not meant to do it alone. You were given a helpmate and, and a spouse. And you were created to rely on God and to trust in Him with life. If you bow your heads and close your eyes today, maybe today you're in the room and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with Him. Start right there. Again, I'm not asking you to do a complete 180 today. I'm not asking you to, to fix every problem that you have in your life. I'm just simply asking you to make one step, a step of faith, and simply trust your life in the hands of a loving God, a God that loves you, a God that knows you, a God that cares for you, a God that has great plans for your life. So if you're here in the room today, you don't know Jesus, you, you don't have a relationship with Him, and you would like to start right there. If that's you, with no one looking around, can you slip your hand up? Anybody in the room today, you don't know Jesus, you'd like to start making some changes in your life by just simply starting right there. Anybody today, don't know Christ. Maybe you're in the room today and, and, and maybe there's some things you need to work on. Maybe there's some things you need to strengthen in your marriage. Maybe your marriage isn't focused on God. Maybe you set out and you started that way. Maybe you started strong or maybe you didn't start it at all. And you simply, you know, man, we need to get back on track. We need to focus on God. We need to focus on God together. Maybe today you're not married and you're not really focused on God. Can, can you give your life can you give your marriage to Jesus today? Can you simply just resubmit all that and surrender to Jesus and give it to Him? Maybe there's some things you are struggling with in your life and in your marriage. If you're not married, become the type of person that you'd want to marry. Seek God first. Prepare for your spouse. If you're married in the room, be the type of person you want your spouse to be. And always seek God together. No matter what, no matter who you are, Seek God first. Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message.